This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Today is, um, yeah, we just wanted to make the most of the changing of the years and the significance that that can bring. You know, for the people of God throughout um, pre-Jesus, uh, they had these regular festivals built into their annual rhythms. Uh, they were weeks or the festivals that were set aside at the same part of the year every year for them to come and to connect with God, to respond to God, or to think about something very specific. Uh, since then, we've lost a lot of those, I guess, rituals and those natural pause moments. Um, Christmas was one, though, for us, as is Easter, where we come together to very deliberately focus on something. And I, I think there's a real power in that. And there's a real power in actually starting a new year. And in a very real way, today is not that much different than yesterday, right? It's just another day. And yet, by the same token, it is a new year. It's a marker in time, a marker in our lives. And that carries with it opportunities for us to stop and to reflect, to look back on what has been and to look forward to what is to come over this year. And we're going to do a lot of that looking forward uh, in the coming weeks. So I wanted to provide an opportunity today for us all to just actually look back over the last year. Um, and so to do that... <clears throat> We're going to do that with these uh, little packs, and there's going to be a chance for, for everyone to just, uh, in the quietness of their own ha hearts and, and, and minds, just go through these. Um, <clears throat> a few little warnings. This was a family project, so if your bag doesn't have every one of the items, uh, don't worry, there are spares up on stage. Um, but I'd just love to talk you through what we've, uh, what we've got um, going on here. We'll start, with this, uh, we'll start with this little one. So uh, over the next kind of 10, 15 minutes, uh, you're going to have a chance. Are we going to start with, we can start with thankfulness. That sounds good. Um, so in there, there's a little red heart uh, that you've got. And this is just a, a question to think through. Like, what are some of the things that you've actually been really grateful to God for in the past 12 months? What are some of those things you actually, man, you just love that God's gifted this to you. Um, you're really thankful um, that those are in your life and you actually want to return those to God uh, in praise. So take a moment to think and to reflect and to actually write it down um, on the hearts as well. Uh, and then since it is a gift from God, you're more than welcome to put it under the Christmas tree at some point as well. Uh, later in the service, we will open the mic up as well for testimonies and for sharing what some of those maybe thankfulness um, and gratitude things are. So that's thankfulness. Uh, celebration as well. We've got a little uh, balloon as well, just recognised over the last 12 months. There'd be a bunch of things um, that are worth celebrating in our lives. Um, maybe you finally finished that house project. Maybe it's the birth of a, uh, a new grandchild. Um, that's an open-ended question. You, you can answer the question. I mean, I can think of a few things uh, that I'm celebrating. Maybe you're celebrating that... Uh, no, we won't go there. Um, all right. We've also, got, uh, we've also got little people as well. Um, uh, it's equal opportunity people as well, because men and women are just as likely to bring blessing in our lives, so it uh, depends which one you get in your bag. Um, but to reflect on actually who's deeply impacted you over the last year. Uh, I think we recognise as we go through life, we don't go through it alone, but there's a real power uh, in being in community with one another. So this is actually a chance to stop, actually to think and to name that person or, or those persons. Um, and in that quietness, um, in your own personal reflection, maybe jot down as well. Maybe, maybe it's time to actually reach out and let them know what they've meant to you over the last 12 months, what their 
prayer and support uh, has meant. Um, so that one you're going to take home with you because there's an action step, uh, which is great. Uh, oh, here we go. Now we're getting to the really fun stuff. There's a little lollies in there as well. Couldn't, couldn't have a church service without some food to get you through, right? Um, and this is about lessons learned. To actually think back on the last year and go, now what was God teaching me in some of that stuff? In the good stuff, in the hard stuff, it could be, could be anywhere in our circumstances, something that stood out as something that God spoke to you about. And the action for this one is, you'll enjoy this one, I hope, uh, is to eat them, uh, is to open them up as a sign, as a symbol of actually receiving those lessons into you and savouring them and go, ah, don't they taste good that as we, as we continue to grow and get nurtured throughout our lives um, with all these great lessons that God um, speaks to us. Uh, and, and the last one uh, is a little see you later uh, little card. Uh, just recognise that for, for many of us, there's a fresh opportunity with a fresh new year. Uh, and for some of us, I think a really healthy thing is leaving unhealthy things behind. So here's a little question, little question there. What no longer serves you? Uh, maybe it's a, a bad habit that's crept into your life. Maybe it's a little attitude that's persisted that you, you know is not really God-honoring. Um, that's between you and God. But maybe just ask him, God, what is it something you actually want me to leave behind in last year as I begin this year afresh with you? And then, I know it's a little bit cliche, but we did bring the shredder up as well. So you can write down, you can write down what you want to leave in 2022, and you can say goodbye to it and shred it, and no one will ever see it ever again. Isn't that good? Isn't that good news? Uh, and sorry, and with your, your celebration balloons as well, you're more than welcome to blow them up uh, and, and just chuck them on stage, because I think, wouldn't that be an awesome way to end our time this morning together in worship, just with visually all these cues of, of thankfulness hearts, celebration balloons, and shredded unhealthy stuff that we're not carrying into this year, all right? So is that as clear as, clear as mud? <laughs> awesome. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray for us now because I actually think, you know, we can, um, we can do this in our own strength, but the power comes when we actually invite God to, to speak and his Holy Spirit to lead us in, in those reflections. And I'm going to invite you to come up, just grab a bag. We are going to spend 10, 15 minutes doing this. So you're actually welcome to go and find a quiet place in the foyer or, or even outside um, to the sides and you can drag your chair wherever you want uh, and then I'll kind of gauge it. When I feel that everyone's uh, ready, we'll, we'll gather together for those sharing of, of testimonies as well. If you are watching online, this might be a little bit awkward, but it's not going to be because we're going to keep those slides rolling and we invite you to join at home. Maybe you won't have the elements, uh, but you will have these questions uh, to reflect on for yourselves. So let me pray and I invite you to come up, grab a little reflection cue bag and enjoy this time looking back over 2022 with God. So Heavenly Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you that you are the great God, the great God who knows us and who loves us and who is with us always. God, you were with us absolutely every step of the way last year, every day, every moment, every thought, every heartache, every joy, you were there with us. And we recognise in the significance of changing seasons, of changing years, it brings with us a, just a chance to, to stop and to pause and to bring all of our emotions, our memories, our experiences of last year and lay them before you for you to minister to us afresh. And so Holy Spirit, we invite you to move and to speak and to lead as we reflect. Holy Spirit, would you draw our attention to things that we just need to be so, so, so grateful for? 
recall to our minds the things that we're celebrating, the people that we have just, we, we couldn't do life without. And help us as well to know what we actually need to leave behind in last year and what lessons we actually need to build into our life as we journey forward into this year. So God, thank you for being loving and present, the one who speaks, the one who calls us onwards. We pray that you would use this time for us individually, for us as a church, to not only give you thanks and praise, but to also position ourselves for a year of following you wholeheartedly and unhindered into the fullness of life that Jesus, you have won for each and every one of us. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. Amen. So you see them across the stage, feel free to come and grab one. There's a pen in there as well for those writing tasks. Um, Find a space where you feel comfortable to engage in these reflection questions. Can be back in your seat. Um, Can be at a seat off to the side. It can be on the floor if you want, or maybe you can even do a little wander around the property. Uh, And we'll call you back together in somewhere in that 10 to 15 minute time. Bless you. I love these uh, collection of verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This is 16, 17 and 18. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. There's something profoundly moving and I find really reassuring knowing that I'm in the absolute centre of God's will, doing exactly what it is that He would have for me. Giving thanks is one of those activities. To actually acknowledge and to recognise and to return to Him in thanks and praise the good things, the many blessings that He has brought in our lives. Look, I hope and I, and I trust those few moments were really meaningful for you personally. Um, those moments went by pretty quickly. Um, and I don't know about you, I'm an introvert. Sometimes it's a little harder to get deep into that space when I'm surrounded by a whole bunch of people. Uh, but we just wanted to give you maybe the space that you otherwise would not have had in this changing of the years to reflect um, on those questions. And my heart and my hope and my prayer for you is that maybe you would continue reflecting on those and unpacking them um, for the rest of the day and, and maybe in the week coming as well. Uh, But now we get to do a really fun thing, which is to actually give voice to some of the things that we've blown up into a balloon or we've written down um, on our heart, uh, or maybe it's a story, uh, maybe a lesson that we've carried throughout um, last year. Uh, And so I believe this is very much the pattern here, and I'm glad to hear that it is, that at the beginning of the year, we actually create space in our services to give 
testimony, to testify to God's goodness. So if you have a story of God's goodness uh, in your life that you're willing and happy to share um, as a way of not only honouring God and bringing worship to Him, um, but also uh, encouraging us who are gathered here together in the faith, uh, then I'm going to invite you up now. I guess this uh, year was particularly enlightening to me, I would say. Um, I guess God taught me more than anything about being one body and being united. I particularly reflect on the pastoral search committee and how God used the giftings of those people that were on that committee to come together to hear from him and to bring us our pastor. Um, and that was something that, that really made me think about being one body and about being able to use our gifts and really what that means, the, the work of the Holy Spirit in each of us. Um, so that was one thing. But I'd also like to just be thankful for the board and my fellow elders. There's a, a couple of them here today because they've really taught me as well. Um, and it's actually a journey that I've been on personally this year about not doing things on your own. I've had to really start to expand my thinking in that. But I'd also like to give, and I know sometimes it's not appropriate to single out a person, but I would actually really like to single out David Hughes for all that he's done, how much he has sacrificed and how much of a friend he's been and a guide to me as well. So thank you, David. I don't think I've got up here before on New Year's Day, um, but I felt a few weeks ago led to say um, a few things. Um, I would love to bring you a wonderful story of triumph and, and you know, God coming through in the year. Um, I don't have a big story. Um, and if I tried to tell you wonderful things, my family would call me out of the liar. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, it, it's actually been a really difficult year. And you're all probably sick of people saying that <laughs> now because when you go to meet someone... Um, you say to them, how are you? And instead of them saying, fine, they say, it's been really hard. But I'm not going to go into that. You know, there's been various reasons uh, why last year, um, ending last night, um, was a little bit difficult. But what I um, particularly wanted to say was, um, I discovered last year some wonderful women um, and that's been a, a really big thing through the year. Some of the women in this church know that they've helped me. Um, they've been people who have prayed for me or um, who have spoken to me or have sat with me when I cried. Um, and they know. They know and I want to thank them. There's also lots and lots of other women who have said things, uh, small things, big things, offhand things, things that they didn't think were anything 
important. Um, but God has used that in me. And there's a lot more of you um, in the church, in here, in here today. I can see some of you today. Um, there'll be people online as well um, who have done that. And I suppose what I really wanted to get through was sometimes when you are not necessarily feeling close to God, you can feel like you're not being used of God. Um, and I wanted to encourage all those women in the church who have helped me in the last year. Um, you have been used of God, even if you haven't felt like it. Um, and he can work through you and he can give you the words that are needed by someone else, even if you don't think that what you're saying is important um, because you just don't know. You just don't know. Um, and the last thing I wrote down was it can make all the difference and it's made all the difference for me. So next person. This year for me too has been a hard year. I, I spent the first half of the year travelling backwards and forwards to Queensland to help care for my dad who was dying. And I want to be thankful, and one of the things I was really thankful for was that my work and my husband set me free to go and do that. That was just a big, big relief. And the other thing that I wanted to be thankful for was my father had been a man who had, had known God, but he drifted away. And as he was dying, and knowing that he was getting close, he, um, he really sensed that, that there was something not right. And um, God gave us the opportunity to pray with him, gave me the opportunity to pray with him. And I witnessed peace as he died. It was, it was beautiful. He had no pain, he was not afraid. There was no stress with my sister and my mum there. It was just a sacred place. And, um, and then driving back from Queensland, I really felt God's peace um, and love. It was, just, it was just special. So I also want to say thank you to those who prayed for peace because God answered that prayer. It was, it was, it was sacred. It was... It was hard, but it was, it was special. Thank you. So this year I had, um, I guess I, my lesson learned was a prayer one. Um, I don't know if anybody else has this, but I find some things, especially the long-term prayers, you go on and on and it just seems like nothing is happening. And, and I had a year of that, and so much frustration, so much uh, despondency. But the Lord really showed me by the end of it that there's a purpose in his delay sometimes. And sometimes I was praying about A and B, but he's ended up showing there was all sorts of other things I should be praying about, and there was D, E, and F as well. And 
it's just like my perspective needed to be broadened and I know he's working, I haven't got all the answers there, but I know he is working. So that was one thing. Um, and the other thing, I had a, a family situation that as I prayed it got worse and worse till it was just awful and completely heartbreaking. But it was like God had to do that to get to the root of the issue. And he pinpointed this thing and lots of painful FaceTimes and things, but it was so worth it. And had he tried to put a Band-Aid on top and not dealt with the real issue, I don't think that relationship would have been better. So I'm just in awe of how God does things. And ooh, is this still all right down here? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and anyway, uh, oh, thank you. I feel like a pop star. Okay, thank you. Okay. So um, anyway, I've, I've realized that I don't need to be quite so despondent when I feel like I'm praying to a brick wall because God has it and he's doing something far bigger than I ever know. And he is faithful and he is loving me and working things out. Thanks. When I hear other people cry, it makes me cry. So bear with me. Um, it's dangerous to take scripture out of context, but... Um, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians 10:31 um, that all you do, do it for the glory of God. <clears throat> Even if you awkwardly man cry um, in the midst of it. But that passage is in many ways reflecting on the history of Israel and lessons to learn that, that they hadn't. Um, but I have this terrible thing I do where I make stuff about me. Um, and have a sort of selfish thread through work or family or life or all sorts of things. And this year I've had some really challenging contexts to, to sort of operate in. And often that became, I made that about me. It became sort of a selfish version of that. And um, something really simple that God gave me at the end of last year was that passage in 1 Corinthians 10 that it shouldn't be about me. It's, it's obvious, isn't it? But um, sometimes in the midst of it, you forget that um, and you make it about yourself. So my encouragement to you is that whether it's in your work context, in your family context, um, whether it's in uh, friendships, uh, whatever it is, um, I find that that passage is one that I'm holding on to this year, that everything I do, um, I'll fall short, but everything I do should be about bringing glory to God. And um, when I find myself steering things back to being about me, um, how do I have the right spiritual disciplines, the right checks and balances to make sure that I sort of reorient everything uh, towards God? So. I hope that's an encouragement to you, and apologies for the, uh, the awkward man crying. Something I've been very thankful for 
As we emerge from these last three years of COVID, the enforced isolation and the required isolation that has brought has raised to the top of our felt needs is the need for community. And the isolation has been one of the most painful things for all of us across the community. And so 2022 seemed like we were emerging from that, but still carry some of the scars from it. One thing I wanna share is just the thankfulness that I had to experience our church family just reconnect in a really vibrant way at our church camp. My background says that church camps need to have some teaching involved. And for the first time, I felt really released to really respect the value of the community that went on and could go on in a time away. We can read study books, we can share study Bible studies on Zoom, we can do these things. But you know, when we got together from the, across the generations with the passion that we did, I saw the value of us as a church family. And I just, I was really blessed by that. And from the kids that were in my team on Saturday night through to being on the back of the jet ski and lining up with the little kids and feeling like, well, you know, I should only be this high to be getting on. But, but the friendships and the, the, the sharing that went on around cups of coffee, um, Johnny's words on Sunday morning that sent us back to our homes all made for a great time. I was really thankful for that. And I, I know there are so many people who are lonely, which is my second point, is that I was very humbled by one of our patients, a man who was riddled with heavy years of cancer recently. I don't know him in any other way except as a patient, but another lady and I have had a lot to do with him and he, on two weeks before Christmas, asked when Terry and I would be working together. I don't know much about this man other than he's lost his wife, he doesn't have much family, if any, around him. And he wanted to bring us something. He wanted to know when we would be there. He walked in in the midst of the busiest, big, busy waiting room, a really busy day, and he looked for us. And he'd brought in a beautiful homemade cheesecake. And he said, there's one thing that I can do, is I make a mean cheesecake. So I went around, we both went around, and embraced this man, or forget COVID, we embraced this man, and I shook his hand, I looked him in the eye, and I said, you have really humbled me. And um, it's a bit coming off what Fiona shared, is that sometimes we don't know what we're doing when we share, express a word, or do something to someone else. And that man, I don't know much about him, he humbled me, and that was something that was a very good lesson for me and blessed me immensely. And I haven't got COVID from him, so <laughs> thank you, Lord. But I just, you know, there's sort of two sides of the pie of our community and relationship. So thanks. 
Good morning, church. My name's Jocelyn, and I'm here this morning with my husband, Philip. We're visitors and dear friends of Peter and Joanne Gay. So we weren't quite expecting an opportunity for like this this morning. However, um, as you sit and linger and think, oh, you know, this is not my opportunity to share, um, God always presses in. And so with the encouragement of Philip, he said, please go and share this story. Um, I'll start by saying on the 30th of November at 11 o'clock in Carlingford, a place called Rembrandt Avenue, there was a young man called Calvin. He passed away instantly. I work at Carlingford High School. We didn't find out the news until about oh, two o'clock in the afternoon. There was a mystery around this boy that got killed. Um, Calvin was a Sri Lankan student at my school. Uh, he had just commenced his year 12 and the students at our school, as it's their pattern, they leave school at recess on a Thursday to go and spend time together, of course, go home and do their assessments and they were getting ready for their final assessments for their year, beginning of year 12 um, half yearly exams. Um, why I say there was a mystery about we didn't know what had happened, there was a silence that went across the school and we weren't allowed to speak. Um, but what had happened tragically is that you some of you may have heard on the news that there was an elderly lady, 90 years old, that had travelled around at the back of Carlingford Court and had a medical episode, so we understand. And Calvin was in the middle between two of his friends who had not accepted a ride from one of his other friends um, to go up to Carlingford Court just to spend time. And what happened was the car uh, missed the curb travelled onto the pathway where the students were walking and instantly impacted Calvin. One of the other boys got seriously injured. The other boy jumped out of the way and saw his deceased friend there on the side of the road. As teachers in a school and with students who had already lost a young man in the same year group through COVID who'd taken his own life, um, our school was devastated. And of course, as many of you know, things go into quick action with counsellors and anyway, the mystery of what had happened, um, we've since found out that on the day that this young man was killed, his father was at work. He expressed that at 11 o'clock in the morning, he felt great anxiety and pressure and in his workload, he had to take rest. He was feeling headachey, pressure from the day and in contact with his wife later in the day because there was delay in them finding out about the death. Um, he found out at three, which was when we all were told at school that his son Calvin had passed away. It was devastating. It took a big toll on the school for the rest of the year. Philip and I have been on a journey ourselves this year to join and be a part of a new church community. And at that church, at that time, uh, it's the pattern of the church to create hampers for Christmas. And again, like similar to this morning, we were sitting there and we both acknowledged this and said, look, this family are in great and deep need. Uh, let's go and speak to Mark and see if we can arrange a parcel. So we dutifully did that. It was arranged. We collected the parcel. Because of my role in the school, it's important that I respect and don't take liberties to just pop in and say hello to a family 
Um, we have great dignity and duty of care. So I went through the right channels, spoke to the principal, deputy principal, arranging for this parcel to be taken to the school and on the day of the service that maybe the principal could just slip it in the car. That wasn't God's plan. I found out from the deputy that the principal denied wanting to take that responsibility and he said, no, Jocelyn, it's your responsibility. <laughs> I said, okay, how am I going to do this then? Because that's not my right to have the redress of this young family. Um, the deputy said, don't worry, I'll take care of that for you. Long story short, I got the address, went home to Philip and we talked and prayed about this and the family from where Carlingford High School is, they actually are a family out of area at a place called Kings Park, which is some 40 minutes from Carlingford High School. So you immediately think, my goodness, this young lad gets up every morning, gets in transport, travels to Carlingford High School, he does his day. He was one of our top students. He was a representative in our volleyball team. He had migrated with his family in 2008 for his father's words were to us when we met. I came to Australia to have a better life to bring my children up so that they would have opportunity. My child is now dead. In the process of meeting these people, which we didn't envisage doing, um, it was the Friday, the last day of school, and Philip and I took a journey out to Kings Park. We live at Arcadia. For us, it was a 50-minute trip. Going on this journey, Philip said, what are we going to say? What are we going to do? And I said, well, I don't know. This is God. This is something that we have to trust God in. And I accept and respect that we might just go to the door cold. We'll just leave the parcel and give them our love and prayers and, and concern from our local church, although I am a worker at the Carlingford High School. That is exactly what happened. We arrived, we prayed in the car, we got out full of like, okay, Lord, we're not doing this on our own. We walked down the driveway, the young man's name, Calvin, was marked in the driveway through candles. So we knew we'd had the right address. There was no shadow of a doubt. We went to the door, the Venetians were all open and there was people waving at us. And I said to Philip, they've noticed that we're here, what are we gonna do? <laughs> we can't just leave the parcel knocked on the door, the doorbell rang, and the person that came to the door was Calvin's father. A very slight, lean, ashen-faced man stood at the door, and all we could do was just love that man. We introduced ourselves and explained that this is just a parcel, a small gift from our local church, our local Baptist church that we attend, and we wanted to express to you the love and, and concern at this time. Yes, I work at Carlingford High School, but it's not from school I come. It's from our local church, our local Baptist church. I'll jump the story. We were invited in. We spent a whole hour with this family at the point that they said, will you pray for us? Philip and I only followed God's lead and nudge, gentle nudge to, as it says in Micah 6, to do justice, to love mercy and walk humbly with God. I praise God for that moment. It's not left me. It's put Christmas in perspective. For family, like um, for our family, we have had um, three grief and losses this year. So Philip and I felt rather equipped to cope with grief and loss, only because God had graced us with that heart. 
Through our brief encounter with this family, Sandun and Anua and Olvindi is the sister, there were these things that came out of our conversation, which is only God. Sandun said when we first came to Australia, we were comforted and supported by a Baptist church. That was the church they started to attend. It was in the local area. It was Carlingford Baptist Church. One of our Baptist pastors was responsible for settling this family into their employment and, and becoming Australian citizens and enabling them to find work. Both mum and dad are current workers with Baptist care. How amazing. <laughs> Adding to that, the daughter, when I walked in the door, she said, oh, Mrs. Kelshaw. And I said, oh, Vindi, hello. <laughs> it, it brought back uh, previous two students who I work in disabilities in my high school. And these two key students had quite a lot of disability and Elvindi had been one of the students that had noticed my role with these students and remembered me well. And I said, it's lovely to see you again. She talked a little about her pain and grief and what's happened for her. She then said, in COVID, when we all moved out to Kings Park and things were different for us, she said, I had a transition, a heart feeling of, I needed to change my university degree, Mrs. Kelshaw, and now I'm training to be a paramedic. Boy, God just doesn't give you a gift. He unwraps it and lays it on the table and says, well, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> for those of you who don't know, some of you I know do know that our only son, Jared, is a paramedic. And so in that moment in time, we had the care and the love of the Baptist family. We had these people who were in grief, who were migrants to our country, only so young and fresh. But we had connections. And never feeling that you've got enough, we had more than enough. God equipped us to the very point that they said, please, before you go, will you pray with us? So Philip and I had the great privilege to sit and hold hands with this young family who had lost their dear boy Calvin, only just 17 years of age, who they had invested everything into. He was going to be an aeronautical engineer. Sandun said, who's going to look after me now? Well, we all can gather and say, we know who's going to look after them. God is in control. At that point, we couldn't say glib words like that. All we could do was just hold their hands in warmth and tender loving care. But at the ex exit of our prayer, Sandun turned to Philip and said, I want you to come and be with me again with my family. So we promised them that we will do that. We've recently sent two text messages just to remind them that God is with us, Emmanuel. Now it's the new year, trying to negotiate when's the right time to speak because last year Calvin passed and they're still grieving. But we have spoken to our own home group and we have positioned ourselves with our pastor that we will go and visit this family. We will spend time with them and we'll try and just walk with them and just be what God requires us to do, to walk humbly with him, to serve them and to at least get them connected because their Sri Lankan families came, they've all gone now. 
At this point in time, we still don't know if they belong to a church family, but they are acknowledging that God is in their life. So why do I share? In your small corner, in my small corner, you just don't know what God's got in store for you in 223. So be blessed and go in courage and in faith. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.